Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Fantasy Underdogs podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now, the Fantasy Underdogs Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Underdogs Podcast. I am Evan, a.k.a. L. Bushman. Fantasy Underdogs Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network and also betonline.ag. Make sure you go to get your 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today. What is going on, guys and girls? It is our first show. Kaylee, Sporty, Jordy, and Mr. Chip Settle. What is going on? Football is back in the brain. Time Thank to get going. God, there's a game tomorrow, like tomorrow. a real game. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I don't want to say a real game because it's not it's, a real game, but it's a it's a game. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. I'll take anything. I will happily sit and watch the Cowboys at this point. Correct. We've got a jam-packed, super duper episode one Hall of Fame game is tomorrow. The Dallas Cowgirls, um, Cowboys. I'm sorry, <laughs> versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger coming into camp slim down, looking like he's 28 instead of 38, or a drunk Santa anymore. He looks fit. He looks trim. Let's know if he's going to come back for 2022 or not. But he's back in the building. Dak Prescott is allegedly back. He's still kind of on the mend from his injury yeah. last season, so we'll see how that goes. Probably not going to be playing tomorrow, but football is back, baby. We've got that to go into. What is going on with the Indianapolis Colts? They're losing Cor- They're losing Carson Wentz. They're losing Quentin Nelson because they're stepping on the same <laughs> pebble on the field. I don't know what's going on with them. And then, of course, we're going to wrap up the show with some fantasy football stuff because it is draft season. And we all play. Yes. Yeah. We all love to think we draft well. And then when it comes halfway through the season, we just want to throw our phone across the room because we drafted a <laughs> shitty team. Yeah. And we just want to quit because all of our money's down the drain because we're not going to make the playoffs. So that sounds oddly personal, but it does. It, it very much does. It, it happened once, maybe once or twice. But, oh, okay. I'm, you know, I never quit. I go to the end of the season. You shouldn't quit in leagues. That's not. I, I, that's not I, I didn't say I quit. I just say I throw my phone across the room and then damage some of my laptops because ah. I put down the drink. Okay. So, okay. Gotcha. So I'm just saying. You know, we give advice, but sometimes I don't hear by my own advice when I go to the fantasy draft. So it's all you know. Mm-hmm. It's all good. So, anyways, so we got the Hall of Fame game tomorrow. Football is officially back. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts about what some impact players, the rookies that we're probably going to see tomorrow, who is who is some of these players that 
you're looking at that hopefully are going to make a make a big impact this coming season. Let's let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they drafted Najee Harris, get that fill in for the running back position. But what other Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers are we looking at that could make an impact this season? I'm going to be super honest. Someone I don't know because it seems like Mason Rudolph is their guaranteed QB2 for right now. But if Dwayne Haskins yeah. steps on the field tomorrow. The matchup. He's going to. He's definitely yeah, going to, they said. That is someone I am yeah. very excited to see. I would love. I feel like him and Mike Tomlin could work very well together and it could give him a chance to potentially revamp his career. And that is something I would definitely love to see. Um, we know he's got the talent. It seems like the mental ability was never there. He never seemed in the game. He seemed very immature. He didn't seem to have that passion that a lot of other guys have. And if anyone can bring that out of someone, it's Mike Tomlin. So that is something I'm eager to see with the Steelers this season. Yeah, I mean, that'll be – we know, I think, that he's actually – Haskins is ahead of Dobbs right now currently mm-hmm. uh, on the depth chart. So you will see him – Go off against Mason. I know Mason's starting the football game. Um, one of the guys I think that I want to see, uh, Kendrick Green, drafted. He's an offensive guard. He's mammoth. The Steelers team, they're coming off losing Villanueva, DeCastro. I mean, just marquee players on their offensive line, and they're already in a patchwork kind of situation. And I want Najee to have a great year fantasy-wise. He's going to be toting the rock a lot, I think. So, I mean, that's all the news out. He's one of the first rookies off the board or is the first rookie uh, running back off the board, uh, potentially in a lot of mock drafts. So I want to see if the offensive line can be a shell of its former self. So I'll be looking for him to see uh, if he can pick up that slack. But he is mammoth. He is monstrous. So I, I we'll think Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins should be ready because you know, oh, he's, he's playing. He's ducking and diving from his from his wife trying to beat the crap out of him this past summer. So <laughs> he's got some he's got some head moving and wobbing here and there because his wife is chasing after him because of her alleged domestic uh, violence uh, abuse this Look, past year. I, so hey, I want to see him do well and succeed, and I think that is probably you know at least a place where there's some sort of veteran presence and some sort of leadership and and what seems to be a culture that has really righted the ship, you know, since, you know, they had issues in the past, but that has all kind of gone away. There's not a lot of headlines coming out of Pittsburgh. There is a lot of like, let's focus and let's get what we need to get done. And so I think that's probably one of the better places for him to go. But yeah, I I, I want to see him succeed. I think there's something there. I don't know what it is, but I think. It's- <laughs> do, you, do you think he could break the, the, Really moldy mold of Ohio State quarterbacks that come into this league and then just they just burn out because we haven't seen one have success at all in this league. So if he's possibly competing for that number two spot and maybe the heir to the throne whenever Big Ben says, hey, I'm done, do you think Dwayne Haskins could, could pick up the rock and say, okay, this is my team? Maybe. I Look, the further you get away from Ohio State, and I'm just going to like – Look, my team is dealing with Urban Meyer right now. <laughs> he's not the best coach for player development and player engagement. He's just not that guy, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, his players don't have a great track record off the field. They don't have a great track record. Uh, going Timmy, off Timmy Tebow does. Not really. And so it is just, <laughs> it's one of those things where I think if he can get 
that mentality out of his head, I think he will be really successful. But I think you're right. Like he, he was very immature. He went to a team that didn't have a lot of structure. They were dealing with a lot of new pieces, a lot of new front office coaching players. And so it was very young and, and they're fun and exciting to watch, but it's not a great place to develop really immature quarterbacks or players. So I think this is a much better system for him to be in. I think Mike Tomlin is just the guy to be like, hey, here's how things are done. If you don't like it, bye. And so I think that is going to be um, a wake up call for him. But I, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot about him coming out. So I feel very confident that he's at least having some sort of wake up call or reality check. Super fast, early bird, way too fast retirement. Is this it for Big Ben in, in Pittsburgh? Yes or no? Real quick, Kaylee. Yes. 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 Wow. Okay. I like that. All right. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott going down last year with a horrific leg injury. Then the Cowboys were just mediocre at best with uh, the red rifle at the, uh, at the helm and a couple other guys, the Cowboys seem to, they should have won the division because the NFC least is like the worst division in all of NFL. Yes. Jordan, hey, I, I said that. It. Yeah. I said, that. yes. Gentle, uh, but, now, but now they got Dak back. They paid him his money. Is Dak going to, you know, bring the Cowboys to the promised land and win the NFC least and, and head to the playoffs and hopefully have some success in the playoffs because he, he's like one and two in the playoffs, I think. So, is Dak coming back? Is he going to be full healthy? Is is the Cowboys going to be the top dog in the NFC least East? I'm sorry, God, I keep saying that. I think this is not a this is not a Dak question. This is a Cowboys defense question. Yeah. So they did a whole revamp, retool, reshuffle. Uh, brought Dan Quinn over from the Falcons. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, you know that'll be something that uh, we'll see because Dak was on a torrid pace. I mean, he was lighting up offenses before he got injured so I don't think this is as much as an offensive question for the Cowboys I think it's definitely a defensive question yeah I agree and as much I mean they're my number one rival on this planet so as much as I <laughs> like degrade them you have to give credit where credit is due and Dak is incredible and he was the one thing kind of holding them together we watched him against the Browns we watched that offense put up 40 points and yep. still lose. So the question isn't if Dak is the problem. We watched them crumble without him. I do think with the way it was looking, they easily would have taken the division last year or last. Yeah. Last year, if Dak could have stayed healthy, the question is with his shoulder. Now everyone's saying this kind of makes sense just because he wasn't using his upper body. He was doing a lot of the rehab on his lower body. So for him to have the minor shoulder injury now, it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. They seem to be resting him. He's doing everything he needs to do. The problem with the Cowboys, I think with the revamped defense, with that coming back, I think it's going to take them a couple weeks to get into a groove. So I think things are going to be shaky. And as much as I hate to admit it, though, I do think by the end of the season, they are going to be on the come up. But I don't know if 2021 is their year. I think this year is still going to be a little shaky. I think it's more 2022. They would scare me more. It seems like every Cowboys fan. Oh, it's not this year. It's next year. It's not. The, well, oh, it's not this year. It's not next year. These are extenuating circumstances, and she's not a Cowboys fan. Trust I know that. I didn't say she was. I'm just saying that but, sounds like every Cowboys fan, though. Well, I think it's a lot of fan bases, but I think these are extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, when there's that gruesome of an injury, it's going to take a while. And I think you're right. Like He's not going to jump back in and be 
the Dak Prescott of two seasons ago, right? Like that's just not going to happen. But luckily what they do have is depth in that position that they've been developing since last year, right? Like I obviously, you know, I have, I love Gary Gilbert with all of my heart, soul, and mind. <laughs> ben DiNucci is also a guy who was there and, and played last Nucci. season, right? When, when Dak went down. So I think they've got these two guys that know the system, have been working with the coaching staff. They are more game ready to see action and to, to take on that load when needed than they were last year. So I think in terms of the NFC East though, I think it is very much probably up in the air again. I don't want to say that it's not up in the air, but I do think that when you look at all of the other teams, there has been some development, right? Like the Eagles, sorry, maybe not. It's okay. It's okay. No, I know. I know. Definitely in Washington, right? And like what they were able to do last year, like I think if it wasn't for the Bucks defense stepping up at the right time, like Washington very much could have won that game. And that that's a whole different conversation we're having now, but but then you look in New York, and that's also an area where they added guys where they needed them, right? So you're looking at two teams and potentially three that really did build on what they had and, and are going to see an improvement from last year. So I don't know that – I agree. I don't know that it's this year. But I think we will see them start to have that upward trajectory at the end of the season because I just think with Dak and what they added on defense and, and just having – you know, a, a well-rounded team. And they do have that. Like when you look on paper, they have that. So if they can put all the pieces together and Dak can come back with the proper timing, now not rushing it, then I think they're in a good spot for the end of the season going into 2022. But we'll see. Rookies. Rookies. Micah Parsons. Evan, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in there. But that's one guy I definitely want to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Hall of Fame game tomorrow night. Is he going to be worth that first round pick? Is he going to be able to play like he did at Penn State and just be a one man wrecking crew? Really excited to watch him uh, and and see a couple of uh, other defensive rookies they have too. So we're going to be uh, fortunate in the next couple of weeks to kind of get an inside view of the Dallas Cowboys because they are the team for hard knocks, hard knocks this year. Yes. Which I probably won't tune in because I hate the Cow Dallas Cowboys so much. I'm but salty that it wasn't us. So I'm surprised it wasn't you guys. They're, they have that text. like uh, they have that new head uh, coach unwritten yeah. rule where you can't have a new head coach, and it's super uh, fucking stupid. I mean, you got the number one pick. You got Timmy Tebow on the team with Urban Meyer, and <laughs> that's just that's just that's just TV gold right there, especially that's for HBO Max. <laughs> Over there. No, I mean, that'll, that'll send your ratings through the roof if you got all those guys. Dude, ready. I would not want hard knocks in Jacksonville right now. Let Urban kind of get acclimated. And Kaylee, we're already yeah. wondering, you know, no college coach has really had Pete Carroll is the only one I can think of really that has transferred, come back, stayed, and really kind of been able. Jimmy to Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not many. I mean, it's let's not, just. It's not going to happen. I'm just yeah. going to. Like, I have no faith in that happening at all. So. The cool. odds are not in his favor to do no. really well. So. No, not at all. We'll see. Are you guys going to watch Hard Knocks? No. I will. I'm I will look, just I for the fact of football. Yeah. I probably will, just because when I interned at NFL Films, I worked on Hard Knocks, so like I love, like I have this love for it. But I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I normally would. <laughs> I will put that out there. I, I love the fact – I love whoever – I know who does the the voiceover narration. It's an actor, Liev Schreiber. 
like that. He's got the voice that's like a cut it's silk. Perfect. Yeah. It's oh, especially and the music that they put behind it. Like his narration gives me chills whenever I watch that show. But I think I might boycott this year because it is the Dallas Cowboys. But yeah, yeah. no, it's it's gonna be really painful. <laughs> I will admit that. Hey, Kaylee, I want to ask you: any chance if if, if Tebow makes the Jags? He why, are we, why are we going here? I, I just <laughs> hold on. It's just a simple question. I, I want to ask: <laughs> If he scores a touchdown, will he do the Tebow? I probably. Probably. Are you are you over fifty percent? If he doesn't, if he scores a touchdown, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm not fifty percent on him making the team or scoring a touchdown. Like I think okay. those are well below fifty percent. But I think if he scores the touchdown in a game that matters, then it's probably a hundred percent that he's okay. gonna do it. Like it'll I mean, set, come on, it'll set, I agree. It'll set Twitter ablaze. I can't. Look, oh, I've already nothing, seen you call it touchdown in practice. Oh, did it's he? already all over my Twitter. Oh, yeah. Everyone's freaking out. He's a he's nothing if not a brand manager. Like forget game manager, brand manager. Like that's his whole thing now. That's the re- that's the reason he's back on the field. Like if we're being honest, like. What what did he have going on? The well is running a little dry. You got to pump money into that foundation. So there you go, back on the field. Right. I just want to ask. It was, it was a question I had in my mind. For a couple of weeks. <laughs> we haven't talked, and you know, Timmy Tebow's doing his thing down in Jacksonville with training camp. I just want to know if he if he does score a touchdown, he does the old the old, the old Tebow. If, if he scores a touchdown in the game, check on me. Okay. It'll, it'll, I mean, I, I just want to see the reaction on the Twitterverse. Like, oh my God. I, doing the honestly, Tebow. nothing would make me more nauseous than to watch Tim Tebow score a touchdown <laughs> in a regular season game in a Jaguars uniform and then go run back to the sidelines and high five Urban Meyer, our head coach. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> high fives. Like, high that's fives. That's the last thing I've ever wanted. Like, I, if you told me that two years ago, that would be our future. I would literally cry. I would break into tears <laughs> on the spot. So Wait, snap Kelly, in. I was in uh, middle school. I had a phone case that was um, uh, Florida Gators colors with a little T and a little bow on it for Tebow mm. that my grandfather gave me that I had on my phone. And I had it on we there. All, for, we all make mistakes. An extensive <laughs> period of time. There's a number we can give you. You can call. The first step's admitting. You know, you have a problem. That's 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 step one or is that step two? (laughs) It's okay. One time he we had this I had this nanny growing up who like in the summer would take us to like our parents would like give her money and she would take us to the water park or take us wherever. And they were best friends because he obviously is like from Jacksonville. And so he um they were best friends and so he was on a lot of those excursions through Jacksonville with us. And now looking back on it, I'm like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll get we'll get off the Jags and Tim Tebow. I, I want to know what the hell is going on in Indianapolis because Carson Wentz, your boy, uh, Jordan, yeah, and, and also now Quentin Nelson, both out five to twelve weeks, both with the same injury. What in the world is going on? You they paid so much money for Carson Wentz oh, yeah. to be on this team, and now he is out for probably half the season. More than that. Now, what is going the, the Colts have Jacob Eason there. They've got uh, Skinny Magoo, who's another backup. I'm just naming off names right now. Jacob Eason is their backup right now. Is there a chance? I know Phil Rivers tweeted out the other day he's ready to go. I, I he Which that play. is Which hilarious. I'm a, I would love to see old man River come back. No. Yes. Right the they ship. Bring back the first Yeah, time. no. He didn't, he didn't went to the playoffs. Went to the playoffs and then he retired. I would love to see Philip Rivers come out of retirement that because I'm sure signed, 
Brett Hundley is now on the active roster, and they drafted. That's, that's a great upgrade at backup. Sam Sam uh, Etlinger from Texas, who's a, wow. a shorter quarterback. So, what? I know Aaron Rodgers said, uh, "This is my team again." Sorry, you got to go. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. I'm back. That's one go. Blake Bortle reference, and yeah. that's all we get. First show, <laughs> one Blake Bortle reference. I, I, I just want to know, like, Ursay's got to be like, like what? What in the hell? is going on because my starting quarterback who I brought you over because the guy that you had success with in the Eagles is now the head coach. I brought you over here. Now you're breaking foots. Your, your best offensive tackle is breaking foots. What guard. the hell? I'm sorry. Guard is breaking his foot too. Same spot, same injury. What the hell is going on in Indy? Did they not mow the turf low enough? Are they getting drunk together and just falling down and go boom? What is, what is, it, this spells trouble for Indy going forward because, I mean, are you really going to roll with Jacob Beeson? Or are you going to go out and maybe say, hey, Phil, I know you're probably sick and tired of your 12, 20 kids right now. <laughs> you may want to break for a few weeks. Like, what should the Colts do? I don't know, but does this put them in the Deshaun Watson conversation? I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is a tweet I put out. Like, Deshaun... Wants to get out of Houston with all the trouble he's has. What better fits to maybe go up to Indy where he's got a great offensive line. You've got talent all around you. Question is like, what is Indy really looking, you know, really willing to give up if they do decide to make a trade though? Yeah. I was going to say the Texans still have a very, even with everything going on, the Texans still have a very hefty price tag on Watson. And with what the Colts just did to get Wentz, Wentz there. Yeah. They don't I don't the think they're they're not going to want to put out like they're going to want someone. Like honestly, I've seen a lot of Nick Foles, which would be absolutely freaking hysterical if that someone. happened. But like someone <laughs> like that, who's like a cheap one year fix to come in. Um, I just think that would have long term damage because of everything. I think we've seen enough. It. I think we've seen enough. Of Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, of, of I would love to see a season two of that. <laughs> Speak for yourselves, because our season didn't go quite as yours did with Nick Foles. So, I, I would would it be would would Phil maybe come out of retirement and say, hey, you know, I'll come in, I'll see how it goes for the few weeks, if I can gel, because you know, even if Carson Wentz comes back, when he comes back, if he comes back, you know, he still has to rehab, he still has to get his footing. No pun intended. When he gets back onto the field, I mean, are you or should the Colts just say, you know what, screw it, we're going to roll with Easton for right now if he's going to take the starting job if they offer it to him, and then be bad for, you know, five to twelve weeks. I mean, what's what what is the Colts' end game or solution to this? Is it ride it out till Carson comes back, or do we make a trade? Dude, I think it's ride it out. I think you have Easton. He's been there for a little bit. He wasn't a seventh round, you know, dust tumbleweed coming out. He's a guy who. Did play at Georgia, has arm talent, 6'6". He's like two Coke machines with eyeballs and huge cannon arms. You've already got the best offensive line in the world. You have Jonathan Taylor. You've got some, you got some weapons on offense, so just everybody calm down. Pump the brakes here. All you do is hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor and just give, you know, some outs, some slants, some easy throws. And, you know, this is the, la- the last thing anyone needs to do is freak out they don't have a first. They don't have a third, so they can't trade anything. And they're going to pay through the nose if you have to go get a free agent. Say if Justin Fields wins a competition, which supposedly there's not, 
No one can tell me that Andy Dalton, all the Chicago Bears fans want to keep him the whole year. I, that's not going to happen. So Andy Dalton might fall by the wayside, or you give old man Rivers. That's the only thing I see doing. If you really, if Easton comes out of preseason and you are not sold, you call Rivers and you go, dude, I'm not paying you $12 million this year. You can play for like four or you can not play. And we'll roll with Easton. Up to you. I, I would say or I would say Ursay should just make a call. Like I'm, I'll give you half of how many kids that you have. You've got twelve kids. I'll give you six. <laughs> just come out, see what you can do, and then you know hopefully we can win some games. And then I, I'll be honest with you, I Carson should hang it up, man. It, I that's tough because I don't think that he's he's just never been in a great situation, which I get it. But I think a lot of his problem was never physical ability even after injury i think a lot of it is mental right it's a lot of like you can see it on his face right even if he's physically capable there's something blocking him from like going past mediocre and it's something like i don't know if it's fear after injury i don't know what it is but there is just something mental going on and i don't know that this helps i think this is going to make it really tough for him to like get his mind right which i think was the hope coming into India to begin with is that this is going to mentally reset him. This is going to get him back to where he was before his first injury. This is going to allow him to kind of press the restart button, start fresh with a new team, with a coach he's familiar with. And now it's like deja vu, right? And it's not as bad. Obviously it's a completely different situation, but it is, it's an injury that he has to come back from that he's going to have to rehab from. And then he's going to have to stand under center, which he already couldn't really do confidently for a while so i don't really i'm not saying hang it up because i think it'd be a shame if he did he's very he's not old but at the end of the day it's like i don't know that his mental issues at this point are going to get any better i think they're gonna get worse yeah jordan jordan this was your boy I yeah mean, for oh, me yeah. like last season it almost seemed like he had like a case of the yips and well, that's and, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it just seemed he his mental his mental capacity was not there. Like his body was on the field and his mental just was just not not there. And it was just a case of the ips. I mean, y- your boy thought he was going to have you know a fresh start in Indy, but now he's got a setback. Do you think he can recover from this and just get back to business when he comes back, or is it just it? I think this is going off of what Kaylee was saying all of the issues and I defended the crap out of him last season because I knew how many issues the Eagles were having he's already nervous because of the injury we had zero O-line our O-line was skin and bones so we had no protection no time then on top of that we had no weapons really for him to go to every single week there were new people there was like Dallas would come back for a day, then he'd be out. Ertz was nowhere to be seen. Our receiver core, bleh, at best. Like, we were so... Fulgram. It was Give terrible. me some Fulgram in my life. Fulgram, he held... Like, he did what he had to do here and there. He but did. it wasn't consistent, and Doug Peterson wasn't using Fulgram the way he should have been. Doug Peterson's play calling was absolutely ferocious. We were, like, one of the only teams that didn't have an offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson had no idea what he was doing. Like there were so many things that went into Carson Wentz being blatantly terrible last season. Like I did never wanted to put all of the blame on him. So I was so upset when he got traded. I literally cried when he was traded. Now he's on a new team. I was hoping the best for him, but now 
knowing everything he went through in Philly, knowing a lot of it was mental, and then being thrown immediately into this, I really think it's going to be terrible for him to bounce back, like next to impossible. I was was high on him coming into like fantasy. because I was like, he's going to have an MVP season. They're in the Super Bowl in the next three seasons. Now I've kind of sit back and like rethought all of that. I'm like, this is going to be hard to bounce back from. I was so high on him because he coming into a great situation where he's got a great offensive line to throw I under. Right, yeah, like, that's his guy. Yeah, and he's got so many weapons to throw to, and he's got a great backfield. It's like a perfect situation, and then this happens. It's like, oh, it's, it's almost like really seeing, bad. it's almost like seeing like a sad puppy, you it know, in, in the rain and just look looking outside the window, looking in, and just that's that's what it seems like to me. That's a bad analogy, but I don't know why I said that. <laughs> No, it's okay. So, it like kind of makes sense. Okay. So tell me. So now this is obviously similar scenario without an injury. Sam Darnold. These were two guys that I really liked for comeback player of the year. I liked Wentz a little bit better than I did Darnold, but we're already talking about both these guys have had post-traumatic stress, no offensive lines, getting sacked in their sleep, no talent around them. Seeing what's happened to Wentz, and I totally agree with everything we've said, it, it, it hurts my heart because I had him poised for a big season. Mm-hmm. Have we heard anything about Sam Darnold? And I mean, camp has obviously just started, really. But did anybody hear anything good, bad, and different? Or what's, what's the take on Sam Darnold? Because he's right next to Wentz, obviously, as far as, you know, being creamed for his you know, first contract and getting a chance to start new. So far, it's been kind of quiet. I think the focus is on how Christian McCaffrey's coming back. Yeah. You know, he's going to be 100%. Because I haven't really heard anything about Darnold at all. It's more like, okay, McCaffrey's back. He's at full strength. He's he, he's going to be back to normal. He's, he's the number one pick in all fantasy football. Like Other than that, Sam Darnold has been kind of like a fart in the wind. You haven't really heard anything. There's um, some talk about the Panthers being quietly – interested in Deshaun Watson and, and what that would look like mm. after getting Sam Darnold, <laughs> I think is very interesting and d- definitely, but that is, those, those are headlines. Like those are real headlines that are happening. Um, not just wow. out of like Panthers wire or whatever, but definitely around football in general. And so that's that I don't, I can't, I can't take it anymore with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I can't I, do it anymore. I don't I, I st- want it even even with the price tag of what they want is still too high. Even with like everything that's going on with him, like the price tag is so steep. The Eagles like, can do it. The Eagles got the picks to do it. Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I have full confidence in Jalen Hurts right now. Like I I I am throwing Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I'm I'm throwing like I'm sold. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I have very high hopes, which I shouldn't, but. <laughs> we'll we'll see how the the season unfolds with the whole Des- Deshaun but Watson with situation. Sam Darnold, I am convinced Sam Darnold is going to come out and be very very nope. good. You're not? No, I disagree. Really? Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think it's hard to be great in that system as it stands <laughs> right now. I think they have a, another couple years before they really like get into what they can do. Okay. Do you think we will see a dramatic jump from what we saw? Absolutely. Because you thank you. Adam Gase? Adam thank Gase? You. Like what? <laughs> the most incompetent person in the NFL. Player, coach, front office, don't care. The most incompetent That's Adam person Gase. in the NFL. So yeah. So yeah, I think there's gonna I, be a huge difference. I, I disagree. I don't think there's gonna be a dramatic jump. You might see a little bit better. Now, Com- obviously now. Com- 
confidence level, yeah, but I don't skill set. Maybe I mean they've got they've got tools around him. They've they've definitely got more talent than what he had up in, in New York. But I don't see, I just don't see it. I don't see a definite like huge improvement with him. Okay. I mean, That's we'll fair. see. I mean, he's he's playing in one of the toughest divisions. That's right. Uh, he's probably playing in one of the most unfigured out divisions besides Tampa, because really at the end of the day. Everybody else is resetting. The Falcons are resetting. Carolina's resetting. They changed quarterbacks. New Orleans is definitely <laughs> resetting. They don't even know who their quarterback is yet. Yeah. So oh, he's, getting, he's getting manhandled by tackling dummies, man. Come on. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think if anything, you could see the Pan- – you could see Buccaneers-Panthers or you could see Buccaneers-Falcons or you could see Buccaneers-Saints. I mean, really – Tampa's going to be the team to chase all year. So um, NFC South is probably one of the divisions for second place. You could flip a coin. I think the winner is the Bucks, but second place, who knows? And happy belated birthday to Sir Thomas Brady, who turned 44 yesterday. Now. Oh, yeah. two, 200 years old yesterday. Looks with, pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's, uh, let's get into fantasy. We've got – I know Chip and I, you you and I have been like mock drafting like crazy in the sleep Mocking. Ride. Uh, ladies, have you guys been doing any mock drafts at all? Done a couple. Done a couple. Okay. Not a thing. I'm winging it on draft day. We all, we all saw that last year at the uh, fan stream sports. uh, Hey, first of all, I drafted well. I did not manage. Who was your first pick? Who was your first pick? Who was my first pick? I don't know. Wasn't your first pick Gardner Minshew? No, no, no. Go! Not (laughs) even. He was like my fifth round pick or what? Are you sure? Yeah, he was not my first pick. She okay. would not do that first. No, no, that no, would no. not. No, they had that. That was the promotion with the beer. Is that if you took him in the first round? I didn't yeah. take him in the first round though. Oh so, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like I'm. My issue, my biggest issue, is not drafting because I always draft <clears throat> well. It is managing the team afterwards. Like, well, your your co your all that. your co manager wasn't too helpful. Well, that's correct. Yeah, I mean that's true. We won't, we won't get into that situation. That's so, true. so let's uh, let's go into you know draft strategies. We all have different ways that we draft. You know, even if you're in a different type of scoring league, if it's PPR, if it's standard, if it's half point, full point, if you're in a dynasty league, if you're in a league that's a super flex, you know, going into your drafts, what is your draft strategy? Do you do you draft running backs first, wide receivers? Do you just kind of go all out and say, screw it, I'm going to take a quarterback first? What are your your keys to success to make a draft like your your you know a successful draft going into this year? So normally I go with now it depends on where I'm at, but I go within the first three rounds. I want two running backs and an elite receiver. Okay. That's always my go. No matter the order, usually I take a running back first. This year, I honestly, at least in one of my leagues, I think I'm definitely going to switch it up, and I feel like I'm going to end up doing it all of them because that's what usually ends up happening. I think I'm going to go two running backs, and then I want to yeah. get one of the top tight, tight uh, the top tight ends. Like I want Kittle, yeah. Travis Kelsey, or Darren Waller. Like okay. I did. I looked at the list of wide receivers, the top wide receivers down to 30. And I was yeah. like doing the math. And I was like, any of the receivers in the bottom half of the top 15 that I could easily get in the early fourth round, 
I'm fine with them as my wide receiver one. Like there's depth there, but the tight ends other than the top three make me super nervous. There's everyone <laughs> sold on TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard. And I'm not a hundred percent sold on them. So if that's someone I have to rely on, I really don't want to. So I think I'm going tight end and two running backs in the first three rounds. I like that. I similarly, like it, it depends where I'm at in the order. And I think that's a yeah. big thing for me is, and I always have like, I have a mentality of like, if this, then that, right. So if I'm in the first, like two, three, four picks, like I'm going running back all day, right. Because those are going to be the top guys. You all can't really those guys. Yeah. All day. You can't really <laughs> replace those guys at all. Like you're not going to get someone of that caliber even later in the first round, if I'm late yeah. in the first round, I'm just going to go receiver, get the top receiving talent, and then pick up that talent at running back that's going to be there at the end of the first round. It's going to be pretty equivalent going into the second round, especially if you're on the back half snaking around. So that's kind of how I feel about that. I'll go like receiver, running back, running back, or receiver, running back, tight end. But I'm I'm huge on draft position. Like that, that'll change my entire strategy on the spot if I, yeah. depending where I'm at. So, yeah, I think, and, and, Kayla, I'd never agree. I mean, that's the best way to look at it is that most drafts and you're seeing a lot with mock drafts, you know, there's potential of, you know, five or six running backs going in a row. So anybody past that, you're looking at either, you know, Kelsey sometimes will pop up in there, Devontae Adams, Tariq Hill. So really, if you're in the back half of the first round, you can look at getting two elite wide receivers like a Tariq Hill, like Devontae Adams, and then swing back around and, and get a running back or a Kelsey or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. So I think draft strategy definitely depends on where you are in the draft. And if you're in the front, getting two running backs after the third and fourth rounds, you're really starting to look at, you know, guys that are going to be not solid, but just kind of guesses like a, a Mike Davis or guys that are going to get a lot of touches, but you don't know if the performance is going to match the volume that they're getting. So I think draft strategy is where you're based and getting two running backs in the first four rounds sets you up to have wide receivers and, and take flyers, uh, you know, a little bit later in the draft. Cause yeah, we all know the, the talent in the wide receiver area this year is, unbelievable you can get starters into the sixth seventh eighth you know round so um yeah i think it just depends on your position yeah for sure so Definitely. do we have do's and don'ts for drafting do's and don'ts yeah i mean I, hardcore like i will never do this or hardcore like you should always do this yeah i think i've never and maybe you guys have i've never taken a quarterback in the first three rounds or four rounds. Like, I've never gone after Mahomes, um, you know. And usually if you're in a family league or your friend league, those guys will go, you know, fast. So I never take a quarterback, um, you know, usually in the first four or five rounds. I might actually this year, maybe. But I got Josh Allen in the eighth, and I made it to the fantasy championships last year. So – I was excited. I mean, that was kind you of never a take a quarterback in the first. Yeah, that was that was a major deal. That was very underrated. Yeah. No, I did that, and it was it was in my family league. It wasn't last year; it was the year before. Third round, I took Mahomes, and I made it to the champion. I didn't win; I came in second. However, it 
kind of worked out in my favor. And last year I contemplated doing it again, but I just didn't feel right about it. Maybe I should have done it. Maybe I would have done a little bit better because I didn't do great last year. I was like very middle of the line, made it to playoffs, but didn't go far. Um, but I don't know. It, I agree with you guys. I don't feel right taking a quarterback early, especially when there's so much talent to go around. And then you get into that point where, like, you see Patrick Mahomes go then, and soon you, you'll see that quarterback panic where people are yes. now taking quarterbacks like the fourth, fifth rounds that, like, could easily yes. go in the sixth. So if you're getting, like, these stud running backs and stud receivers while everyone else is panicking and taking a quarterback too early, and then you can still get a very good quarterback later on, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I was going to say my biggest don't is, like, panic, position panic, because that is – quarterbacks is the where that happens the most because one person will take a quarterback way too early it'll be like late third early fourth someone's gonna take like the best quarterback on the board and then people start panicking and they're like if I don't get a quarterback now I'm not gonna get a quarterback and then you panic and you end up with a quarterback like you said you could have gotten in the sixth seventh and now you're just sitting there with like no no good receivers no tight ends and then you're just having to draft like these trash tight ends later in the round so yeah, my biggest thing is don't panic because I've made that mistake so many times where I panic and I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. even like this quarterback. He's not even on my list. Like, he's not – he's just a guy – he was, like, the best quarterback available at the time. But, like, great. So, I, I think that's my biggest don't is panic. Yeah, and I'm so guilty of that. I definitely yeah. – especially tight ends for me. That always gets me. <laughs> I think one of the things that I've done and I've done more – consistently over the past couple of years, I sometimes find that you can stream defenses week to week. And because of matchups, you can actually, instead of drafting a defense, you can take a flyer on an extra player or a younger guy, say the Jets drafted Michael Carter uh, from North Carolina. I think that's his last name. And they have Tevin Coleman. And you think that, you know, the rookie could be pushing for play time or maybe he starts the season, who knows. But in a situation where you have like a Melvin Gordon and a Javante Williams from North Carolina opposite, you can take a rookie running back who maybe further down the draft board, you don't know is going to get carries in the front later in the draft instead of taking defense in the 10th or 11th or 12th round or whatever that might be. So I've kind of become – I kind of like streaming defenses because you can look at the schedule and kind of read, okay, they're playing the Jets. We know they're awful. Holy crap. Week two. Oh gosh, I can pick up the Redskins defense. Holy cow. That's a no brainer against the Jets. So I think do stream defenses. If you can, don't give a roster spot to something that you can grab week in and week out uh, and, and kind of rotate through. I like it. And that's something I definitely relied on. I didn't fully go flyer while drafting. I still took a defense, but I was very consistent on dropping my defenses all the time, picking up based on matchups. And it worked out very well for me. Yeah. We were streaming. I don't know. Just to bring you up to speed, we were talking about do's and don'ts. And we talked about streaming a defense I've done in the past couple of years. And Jordy was just saying it worked for her. Yeah. Not wasting taking a flyer maybe on a draft spot when you get to the lower rounds and grabbing a guy who might be a rookie or, or could take over a starter's job later in the year. Um, what do you think as far as streaming defenses? 
You know, I, I, I've done that strategy before because, you know, you can look at the matchups week by week, but it's yeah. tough because if you're going to go add drop, you, you can kind of screw yourself when it comes to those matchups, if it's, especially if you've got a, a defense where if you wanted the one that you got, got picked up on waivers by somebody else, and then the, the, the defense that you had to settle on is not so great, and they're going at, you know going up against like a high-powered offense, and then you're screwed. So yeah, you could take a chance on that. I usually like picking a defense almost four rounds before the end because you could probably get a top defense by them. I mean, you, you could look at the Buffalo Bills. You can look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can even look at the Ravens, like those types of defense, even the 49ers. Like – it goes back to those draft draft strategies. If are you one of those guys that's going to draft defense really really early, or maybe just wait until the last two rounds and and do what you said, like take it on a flyer week by week by the matchups. So yeah. it's it's almost like you're you're flipping a coin each week. I mean, it could yeah. it could it could pay off or it could just bite you in the butt. Uh, I will say for don'ts, don't draft anybody from the Eagles. Sorry, Jordan. Uh, don't <laughs> don't draft don't draft ever. Don't ever 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 draft. David Johnson ever again. Uh, don't draft Jameis Winston unless you like picks. Um, the dues, like really do like look at the rookies that are really looking to take over positions, like Najee yeah. Harris from Pittsburgh. Like that's a that's a guy you should take a, a look at in those. I wouldn't draft him high. I would maybe say mid to mid the middle rounds if you're past that point where you got your two starting running backs and you're maybe looking for a flex. Um, and then look at those look at those the offenses that are retooled. I mean, those are the the really questionable question marks that you have to look at. Like who's the new offensive coordinator? Who's the new quarterback of that team? Do you have a new running back? Are your wide receivers different? So those are the types of things that you really have to look at going into the draft is, you know, who's different? What offenses are going to be different this year because they can really, you know, you could go from one year they're they're throwing like crazy to the next year where they're just running like like nuts. It's 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 so I love and I hate fantasy football when it comes down to I, it's like a it's a drug for me. Like yeah. I hate I love playing it, but it, it just makes me so frustrated sometimes. But it's a, in a good way. So listen to this, you guys. This is just a quick look at the defenses and why I think I'm streaming this year. Listen to these top ten defenses, and obviously, depending upon how many teams are in your league, you have only so many starting teams. So you have the Rams, great defense. Washington, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, San Francisco, Buccaneers. Colts, Patriots, everybody's coming back from a bye, Saints, and the Dolphins. So those are the top 10 ranked defenses right now, just kind of looking. And all those defenses, I would start without hesitation every single week, I think personally, as long as everybody's healthy. I can't believe we're talking about defenses in, in length. Hey, I love a defense. Hey, they depending upon your scoring system, right? Some of the yeah. teams that I played with got me over twenty points last year. Yeah, that's the equivalent of a quarterback. Some games yeah. they can easily more often than not screw you than anything. Yeah, when they, when they show like up, yeah, like when you sh when they show up and have a huge defensive game like that matters, right? Like that is it's just everything. Like the I mean the Brown Steelers game. Like if you had. Going into that game, <laughs> you have the Browns. Like, that is. I'll have another drink, please. Thank you. Right. Like, that is a wild thing. So, like, defenses can make or break. But, yeah, I, lo I love a defense. Yeah. Is, there, is there any advice that you, you three could give, like, a first-timer? Like, never played fantasy before, jumping into it. Any advice? 
I would say just go running backs as often as you can because that's always my problem is I get so caught up in names and like I'll be like oh this is a great receiver and I get or tight ends or quarterbacks like and then I don't have enough running backs and that's really especially if you're new that's what you really should be relying on another thing is handcuffing especially I know Evan this is totally contradicting you but the one year I drafted Miles Sanders and this was just like I also drafted Boston Scott and it was perfect because that was the year Miles Sanders was in and out and if Sanders wasn't in we were relying heavily on Scott so it was like I was never missing my RB1, and it was perfect. It got me through. Yeah, I I learned the hard way about drafting Miles Sanders. And uh, yeah. no, I did not pick up his handcuff because you after – Shut up. You shut up. I didn't know because I didn't trust any Eagle Eagle running back after that. I was like, no, right. I, I will not pick you up on waivers. I won't give you a, a time of day. I hate you. I hate your team. No offense. Okay. And I hate your <laughs> offensive fine. scheme. No, I hate your team too, so it's fine. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. I, I, it, you guys that, just happen to be champions, so you got a little more bragging room. Pew, 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 I get it. Pew, it's fine. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I I would say like my biggest thing is I used to try to plan. I used to try to overplan, and when you go in, like you don't know what position you're going to be, you don't know what player is going to be on the board. Like we were talking about quarter, like the quarterback frenzy that can happen in those like way too early rounds where one goes and then it's like. It's it's just a ripple effect through everyone panicking. And so I try to plan based on a scheme and what I'm looking to do position-wise or how I'm looking to, whether it's handcuffing players, or I try to have a plan that is scheme-based, not player-based, because you can put your players, put your top players in each position, whoever you want. You can plan out bye weeks, but at the end of the day, like you're not going to get 90% of those guys. So you shouldn't even sit there worrying about it. I think also too, like going back to the whole panicking thing too. A lot of people panic when like the star players get off the board, and yeah. when you're looking at like wide receivers, like the wide receiver class this year is so deep with players. Yeah. If you don't get those those two stars that you want, like it's it's deep. There's deep pockets yeah. in there, so you can go out and get like a a tier two wide receiver in, in the mid to late rounds because they're going to be there. Unlike the running backs, where if you don't get two good running backs in the first two rounds, you're kind of scrambling about who am I going to pick up. You know what I mean? Because their running backs now are few and far between of the, of the big studs, like the guys that you want to pick up in the first round. Because if your strategy is, okay, I'm going to go get two wide receivers in the first two rounds, by round three and four, you're looking at backups upon backups when it comes to running backs. And these guys are not going to be starting like, you know, you want a, a tier one, tier two guy. So yeah. um, are there any studs of last year that could turn out to be duds this year? And then vice versa. Are there any duds from last year that could be studs this year? Josh Jacobs is yeah. the one. I think mm. he's great. He's not taking nothing away from him, but he's just he's not a pass ca- pass catching back. He's not a super versatile guy, and their offensive line is pretty much done. I mean, at this point, <laughs> like compared to where they were, where he when he was able to really go in and, and make moves and gain yardage, he, they have the a tough schedule, one of the toughest in the league. They have, you know, they've traded away a lot of people on their offensive line. They have a lot of injuries. They're dealing with a lot. I don't see him getting a lot of. His production is probably going to go down too because they signed Kenyon Drake in the offseason too. So touches will probably maybe be cut a little bit because of Kenyon Drake. I loved him in fantasy, but I cannot see him being 
anywhere near what he was. No. Two years ago, he was the Stunt. only thing that held my team together. Yeah. And now yeah. it's – I literally wouldn't go near him. Right. Not going to go – but he's a solid RB2. Right, right, yeah. But not someone I want to put all my faith in. I'm going to go way out on a limb here. Way out. I'm going to say Adam Thielen. And I'm going to say this because Jefferson's emergence as a wide receiver one, Irv Smith Jr. tight end is a little bit more athletic than Rudolph. So he's going to be out on the field more. Um, I just think that what he did last year, I think he was one of the top receivers in the red zone. He had 10 touchdowns on like 15 passes into the red zone. So I think, A, you just can't maintain that. That's not main – I don't think you can do that again. So I think Thielen probably drops a little bit just due to the fact that Jefferson's definitely an option that they're going to pursue, um, and you're just adding more more folks. So That's a great question coming yeah. out of the comments. Uh, Kaylee, I'll direct this one to you. Uh, how about uh, James Robinson and Travis Entian coming in? I think – James Robinson's production will go down, but I think both of these players will then be streamlined into what their strengths are. I think James Robinson, when you look at who we had last year, which was no one, right? He was a one, one person show in the backfield really. And he did a lot of the heavy lifting on our offense. So I think he will get to be more of that power back, more of that like short yardage guy, red zone guy. He's going to get to have some of those breakthrough plays, but he's really going to be, assigned to what his strengths are whereas like Etienne has a whole different skill set just he's a different kind of player a different kind of running back he's got that rapport with our quarterback so I, I do think that they're both going to thrive it is going to be very much of like a one-two punch of something they try to set up in the backfield but I think he's obviously not going to have the same production because he was the only guy back there but at the same time I think they're both going to be more effective in their respective roles on our offense now. So I wouldn't shy away from James Robinson because I just do think that he is just an an athlete overall. And I think he's going to make plays regardless. I mean, we saw what we were dealing with last year and he still made plays and we won one game. So I think it is, it it goes, he, he's worth, he's worth a draft as as long as it's not too early. I think. Yeah. I think their situation can turn into something like Cleveland where you have two really good backs Correct. You have a yeah. pass catcher, you have your thumper, but mm-hmm. I mean, in time, obviously, I think Cleveland's backfield is one of the best, if right. not the best. But uh, I think that, yeah, Kelly, what you said, two back situation, uh, but yeah, both worth the draft pick, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like the receivers in Miami right now. You have Will Fuller yeah. and Devontae Parker. Fuller hasn't played more than what 10, 11 games in the last couple seasons. Yeah. And then you have Devontae Parker, it's now going to be sharing with him. You have Tua, who's very hit or miss. You have no idea how he's going to come out right now. And those are guys that, like, they're they're bigger – not bigger name guys, but they're guys you feel like you should draft, but it's not someone that I would want to put my faith in. I would I would definitely not draft Fuller at all. I would keep him on the yeah. way. Because it, he's already – he's going to be suspended half the year anyways. Not half the year. I think six games for the PEDs last year. And then he's coming in. No, no, it rolls into this year. Oh gosh! And then, you know, he's coming into a different system where he doesn't have Deshaun Watson throwing to him. Yeah. To his arm is not Deshaun Watson. So if if you're drafting Fuller, make it like a last couple round pick, or just wait for waivers and just see how he does. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to stash him on the bench, do it. But I would, I would definitely put 
somebody else in that bench spot and then wait until he comes there's back. There's too much depth to wait exactly. on him. Yeah. Exactly. Too much. There's there's too much in there right now where you could you could take you could take a rookie wide receiver and plug him into that bench spot instead of just drafting for. I wouldn't yeah. waste it on him. No way. Yeah. No. What about now, Parker? Part see, I don't know. Miami's offense is is still up in the air for me because yeah, he makes me I, nervous. The whole offense make, makes me nervous. That's why Miami. And I is, love the Dolphins, but I'm. Yeah. I like their bat their backfield. Miles Gaskin did pretty good last year, um, and then uh, Ahmad uh, Salman Ahmad uh, did a great job too, being his backup. But it, it's just that the passing is just so up in the air with Tua. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I'd be so scared. Maybe Devontae Parker, but I'm so sketchy on it. I, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I wouldn't even do it. No I way. would run to one of the best – I don't want to say best wide receiving core, but a problem fantasy, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, Juju. Smith, Schuster. Right now, all targets further down the field targets went to Deontay Johnson, but you had Claypool had a great rookie season, had a lot of long-distance catches, some great touchdowns. Juju's kind of on the – down slope. So they're going to be teams where you get two or three wide receivers, guys you brought in, and you just have to go back and kind of look at their previous, you know, body of work. How many times were they targeted? How many catches they get, etc., and just see. But I think for me, also clouded wide receiver room, Jacksonville, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, you know, you got um who else, Kelly. Yeah, you got another person there. So and I think Chark, I think yeah, I think and he's down to the bottom now. I think you know? uh, a core of guys that really nobody's really ta- kind of talking about is the Bengals wide receiving core. You got T. Yeah. Higgins, you've got Tyler Board, you've got Jamar Chase, who was just drafted this year. Kind of all depends on, you know, the health of of Joe Burrow. But you know, Jumping Joe was was doing. He, I mean, he had rookie of the year numbers last yeah. year before going down. So it's it's all about if the offensive line can protect bro, but I love their wide receiving core because it's young. It's yeah. fast. And those guys hands are like, you know, they're like, you know, Velcro right there. I mean, that's, that's hands that you want, but of course the Buccaneers got the best wide receiving core. I'm just, you know, that. Well, the Bengals will be an excellent example of drafting a lineman or a wide receiver. Cause your quarterback can't throw a ball if he's on his butt. So True. we'll see if taking Jamar chase and not taking an offensive tackle, we'll see which one works. All right. And on that note, that's been the first episode of the Fantasy Underdogs podcast presented to you by Believe and also betonline.ag. Folks, anything uh, before we get out of here? Nothing? Nothing for for hush from the crowd. Go, Najee. I feel bad for the Colts that Carson Wentz brought the Philly injury bug with him. Honestly, look, thoughts. Good thoughts their way because yeah. I cannot, I can't with the Titans. I, I don't want to see them. With the <laughs> Phil, you know, Phil, Phil Rivers is coming back. Phil is coming back. He's, so, I'm tired of babysitting. That would be incredible. Tired of He's coming back. He's going to ride in with his, his bola, his, his, his cowboy hat. He's, he's oh. going to, he's coming back. You guys know it's coming. You know, yes. it's coming. All right. Dun, dun, Next, dun, dun. Make sure you guys smash the follow button on Twitter at uh, the FU Dogs Pod and on IG, the FU Dogs Pod as well. We will see you guys next week. What are we doing, Mondays and Thursdays next week? Mondays and Thursdays? Mondays and Thursdays. Yeah. Mondays and Thursdays, yeah. Mondays and Thursdays next week. Make sure to follow and smash those uh, those buttons on uh, social media. We will be posting up some uh, some fantasy tidbits here and there before you draft. 
And if you want to, you know, just show us what you drafted on uh, social media, we'll, we'll grade that for you. We'll give you some comments and questions, and uh, we'll be doing the same. So you guys have a great night for myself, Kaylee, Jordan, and Chip. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Thanks, underdogs. Woo-hoo. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube